Oh, it is an honor to be able to be up here. This is one of my favorite things I love to do. I love to study God's word, and then he just flow through me. Because you know what? I don't like public speaking. That's, and then God has this sense of humor, and he's like, you're going to the ministry, by the way. So I feel like Moses right now. <laughs> but it's interesting when Kahuzik asked me to study um, in the book of Mark, chapter 4, 21 through 25, how he went, I want you to get ready to preach this. And when I first looked through it, I went, I have no clue what he's saying. My goodness. I mean, when I studied this for the past couple of weeks, how often it was a nice gut punch that God, uh, God gave me. How often God likes to humble us when we go through this stuff. So when I read through this passage and I studied through it, how many different times that God decided to stub my toe, give me a nice little wake-up call, I'm like, hey, 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 listen to me, hey. And it was interesting But when I thought about this and looked through this, when you see the words that are said, it reminded me of something. It reminded me of a flashlight. I know this is a phone, but there's a flashlight on it. How often, and I know some of you have done this, how often do we have to wake up in the middle of the night and instead of turning on the lamp or the light because we're being nice to everybody else, you have stubbed your toe or stepped on Legos while going to the bathroom. How often we think we can walk through the dark. It's like, okay, I know where it's at. Oh, that hurt. I've done that many times. I've also done it to where I've woken up and a centipede was on my foot. So (laughs) I probably should have turned on the light first, but I didn't. How often we try to go through darkness without anything to help us. And that's why we have flashlights. We have lamps. We have candles. We have something to provide us the light, the way to be able to see through the darkness. And that's what God did for us. He has provided to us His Word, His Son, and the Holy Spirit to guide us through. Because as we're going through this series, we're doing it to we're looking at parables, and Kahu Marcus did a great job last week with sharing what parables are, and then he did one of my favorite parables of the soils, and I wish I had done that, but he took it, so... He did a great job. <laughs> but he did a great job introducing to that. We're doing what we're going through this series that we're trying to find the purpose in Jesus' parables. Now, if you want to stand with me as we read Mark 4, 21 through 25, it says this. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Let's pray. God, thank you for today and allowing You to speak through me, God. It's not me up here right now, God, as your words are flowing through me, that what you've had me study these past couple weeks, God, what you want the people to hear, just help speak through me, God, that they'll hear what you have to say. And help us be able to enjoy the rest of this day, God, as we worship you. And I pray this all in your name. Amen. You may be seated. As I said before, the goal of the series we're going through for these parables is finding the purpose of the teachings of Jesus in here. Like I said, when I first looked through this, I went, um, right over my head. 
You got, that's why we need Jesus, because we studied through the Bible, we studied through his word. If we knew everything, we wouldn't need him. So when I studied through this, I said, okay, God, I have no clue what you want me to do here. I have no clue what you're trying to tell me right here. And he said, hey, I want you to notice something. Notice keywords I've used in here to help describe the gospel. I sat there and went, well, all you put in there was a lamp, a basket, a stand, and people hearing. That's kind of weird. How does that make any sense? And when I dove in deeper and studied it more, it made so much sense. Well, why in the world did God word it this way? So I want to take you through that. The first thing I want to talk about for describing the gospel is the lamp. I mean, we have different kinds of lamps everywhere. We use them in different ways. But what is the main purpose of a lamp? Guides us through darkness. As I said, how many times do we wake up in the middle of the night and we don't turn on that lamp and we step on deadly Legos? We stub our toes. We don't know where we're going. We're trying to figure out our way through the darkness, but we can't see. Yeah, I know our eyes can adjust to the darkness eventually, but you know what? I'd rather be able to see now instead of later. I'd rather be able to see what is right there in front of me right now instead of in five minutes. And that's what lamps are for. They guide us through the darkness. It helps us know which way we're supposed to go. Because you know what? I would like to know the door is right there in front of me instead of me walking right into it. I would like to know that there's a centipede on the floor and I don't get stung by a centipede. I would like to know these things. That's why we have lamps. We have flashlights. We have candles. They're there to help us get through the darkness. I know what you're thinking, though. Okay, that's great, but what is God's light for us? What is that? You know what? He's already told us what it is. In John 8, 12, it says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I love it when Jesus answers a question for you. Literally, he says, I am the light, period. Nothing else is the light. But you know what I love? People back in the Bible times, they had Jesus. We have his word. He told us everything he wanted us to know right here. This is one of our lights to help us. Because the more I thought about it, if we didn't have his word, I didn't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do if I didn't have church and fellow believers to discuss with what we studied and look through. I wouldn't know what to do. I would have no clue what to do. God has blessed us with so much for the light, his word, fellow believers, the gospel. That is the true light. I know what you're thinking. What does this light do? Well, you know what it can do? As I said with lamps, it'll guide our paths. In Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Man, that's why I love God's word so much. But how often do we take God's word and go, you know what, I'm just going to put it right down here. I don't need it for today. How often do we take it and put it up on the bookshelf and it just collects dust? How often do we not want that light? That we think we can do better on our own without it. That we can go through this world. That we can go through this darkness without the light. 
How often we think we can do that. And that is our biggest mistake. That we think we can do anything without God. That we think we can survive without him. That's why he said, oh, no, no, no. You need me more than I need you. And that's why he gave us his word. And that's why he's taught us so many things in this world. One thing I love that was in John 8, 12, was the second half of that verse. How it says, you will follow me and not walk in darkness. So if we're following God, if we're following that light, we will never again walk in darkness. But it's a problem. How often do we go, oh, that's great. Oh, we turn off that path. We go, that looks better than this. We're following the light, and we see something better in the darkness. And we want to follow it instead. We want to do what we want instead of what God wants. So we veer off the path. And by the time we realize that we're gone, we have no clue where we are. We are surrounded by darkness. We don't know what to do. We're trapped. And we just can't see the light anymore. How often do we put ourselves above God? How often do we think we know what we're doing? As I studied through this with John 8, 12, this is what it reminded me of, at a biblical truth. We're not the light. We are not. We are sinful, awful people. We are. I wish I could say I was perfect, but I can't. The only one who's perfect was Jesus. I can't even picture that. That's what's amazing. It says, Jesus is the light of the world. And the great thing is, that light's in us. That light is in us. That's what's so amazing. So this made me think of something interesting. I was like, wait a minute then. If the light's in us, that means we're the light bearers. We are the light bearers of Jesus. We are the ones as we go about our lives. People are going to see Jesus in us. Or are they going to see us instead of Jesus? That's why in Matthew 5 14 through 16, it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, this little passage. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it will give light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When I read that one this week, it was a good slap to the face. Because it made me think, am I doing that? You know, I'm a teacher down at Christian Liberty, and I sit there and I think, am I, is that light flowing out of me that if kids look at me, do they say Jesus, or do they see me instead? What do they see? Am I being that example that they should see? Am I letting Jesus flow through me, or am I stopping him inside? And going, no, 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 I've got this. Don't worry about it. Because we don't want people to see us. We want them to see Jesus flowing out of us. Because here's the reality truth. Our lives should be overflowing with the gospel. When people look at us, they should go, I see Jesus. That's why I love when John the Baptist, how they came to him and they're trying to tell him how great he was and this and that. He's like, no, 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 no. You need to wait till you see Jesus. 
It's not me. You should wait to see the one who is greater than I am. And that's why I hope people see me. That when they look at me, they're like, I want to know Jesus more. I want to learn more about Jesus because he's overflowing out of me. I want people to be able to see that light that is in me. But there's a problem, though. As Jesus goes on in this passage, he mentions a basket or a bed, and that's a problem. Because when I thought about it, I said, well, okay, what, what do we do with our beds? I know we sleep on them, but what, what do we really do if we hide things under them? How often did growing up, maybe we didn't want our parents to see our room was messy, we just threw everything under the bed. Or if we thought we were really creative, we could hide it somewhere else. When I was little, I thought I could do that. I would get a big old laundry basket, put all my stuff under and hide it. I made the mistake of it being in the middle of the room, but the room looked clean. The bed and the basket represent the gospel trying to be hidden. Now, when I thought about this, I said, well, okay, if it's hiding the light, well, how? How in the world is the light being hidden? And it's very simple. Our flesh is trying to stop it. Our flesh does not want the light for anyone. Our flesh wants to go, hey, 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 no, 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 don't do that. No, go this way. No, 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 don't, don't follow that Jesus, dude. Go this way. Our flesh doesn't want us to follow God. Our flesh wants us to stay in darkness forever. Because Ephesians 5.8 says this, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. But notice that first part. You were darkness. We're born in this world. We're not perfect. When you look at babies, not to be mean to babies and parents who have them, but babies are selfish. <laughs> Let's just be real. They come out, they go, feed me. Change me. Now, granted, they're talking in babies. So we don't understand them. But they want to get what they want. That's selfish. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Every mother in here is like, I'm going to get you later. <laughs> but think about it. We come into this world full of sin. We are born in darkness. Just look at the world we live in. How much darkness is around us. How much is surrounding us. And how often we let darkness consume us. How often do we go, okay, sure, I'm, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go watch what I shouldn't watch. I'm going to go do this and do that. When we follow darkness. There are three reasons why I feel like that we let our flesh win sometimes. One, we're selfish. I mean, let's just get real. We're pretty selfish people. We are. I don't know how many different times that people will be like, hey, can I borrow that? Nope, it's mine. Hey, that, that's a great thing. Can I have a bite of that? Mine. How often do we put ourselves above others? The selfishness. There have been times in my life when people made me mad. I was like, I don't even want to share the gospel with them. It's mine. You're being mean. Forget you. You're on your own. That we put ourselves above other people. It happens. I've been there. Jesus didn't do that, though. He put, it, he put others first. How often that he said, 
I want to share with everyone and put others first. Now, I do know some of you don't put yourself first, but you know what? Sometimes fear will stop us. How often that we go up to people, we're like, what if I say the wrong word? What if I mess up? What if I do this? God, I know you told me to go do this, but I, I, I'm scared. I, to, I tell you, when I first got called to Hawaii, I was scared to death. I'm like, I'm moving where? I'm going 3,000 miles from home. When God called me to seminary, I was like, you're going to do what? You're going to call a math major to seminary? I was scared to death. I went, ah, like I was scared. Now, the first time in seminary, I ran from the idea. I said, oh, no, 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 no. You got the wrong guy. When God called me to Hawaii, I went, okay, learn the lesson the first time. We're just going to do what you say. We let fear stop us. Before I say the last one, I want to read you John 3, 19 through 20. It says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. You know the third reason why? We are lazy. Man, there are so many times that we should be sharing the gospel with people. You're like, oh, but I just had a long day. I'm tired. I don't really want to get up. I've been there. I know what that's like. Maybe you're doing laundry in a laundromat, and you know there's some, that you have a feeling from God. There's somebody supposed to be able to witness if you're like, but God, I'm doing my laundry. I'm tired. I'm just, I don't want to really do anything. And then I, I remind myself, what did Jesus do for us? Did Jesus sit back and stay lazy? Oh, goodness, no. Did Paul stay back and be lazy? No. They said, we're going to make sure we don't sit back and let others fall more into darkness. It's like I said, it says here in John 3, 19, that people love the dark red light because it works for evil. For everyone who has wicked things hates the light. I hope that's not us. I hope that we don't look at darkness and go, I love this darkness. That means I hate the light. I never want to tell Jesus I hate him. I don't want to have to say that. I really don't want my life to reflect a hatred towards Jesus. That I love darkness so much that it looks like I hate what Jesus wants me to do. But how often we fall into that temptation. How often that instead of following what God wants, we do what our flesh wants. Because you know what? This world, our flesh, Satan, they want to destroy the light. John 1, 5 says this, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, looking back in the original Greek, how they did this word was that it would start with a past tense to the future. Darkness is going to try to destroy God and his word and the light, but you know what? They never will. But there is a problem, though. Sure, it can't stop Jesus, but it can stop us. How often that we'd go and stop. That we let darkness consume us. That we let it stop us from doing what God wants. That, yeah, sure, the light's inside us. That's great. But then if we stop, if we let darkness win, 
No one else is going to hear Jesus. How much that hurts. How much that hurts that we would be willing to sit back to keep this wonderful gospel, this wonderful light from everybody seeing. That we would be willing to take the light and go, oh, by the way, we're just going to, I'm good. I'm a believer. I don't need to share it with anybody else. I'm good. I got my getting to heaven free card. I'm just going to do what I want now. Nah. God said, Share my light. And that's why he talks about the stand. What do we use stands for? To hold something up for everyone to see. That's why we put candles on them. We want to show, hey, look at my candle. That's why lamps are on stands. Look at my lamp. Look at it. If we're going to have a candle, we're not putting it on the floor. One, somebody's going to step on it. Two, Kainala running around, probably kick it over and catch something on fire. We don't put things on the ground for people not to see it. We put it on a stand. We want people to see that. Because you know what? Going back to Matthew 5, verse 15, it says, Nor do people put light, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. Because as I said, darkness is going to try to hide Jesus, but Jesus can't be kept hidden. No matter how much this world is going to try, Jesus will be shown to everyone. You can see Jesus every day. How often that I can just look around, I'm like, wow, Jesus. This creation you've made for us, the people you've blessed us with, wow, how amazing you are. Man. And like I said, Zechariah 14, 16 says this. Then everyone who survives all the nations that have come against Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Booths. I know what you're thinking. What in the world is this talking about? Near the end of times, after everything has happened, everyone's going to know who Jesus is. Everyone's going to know who Jesus is, whether they believe in him or not. Everyone will know that. So my question is this. We need to let everybody, why are we letting everybody know about it? Why are we not putting Jesus on a stand for everyone to be able to see? It's like I said, we let darkness win. We want to hide that light. We want to keep it for ourselves or because we are scared. We don't want everybody else to know about it because we don't put him first. As I said, everyone's going to know who he is. So here's the reality truth of all this. When we hide the light, we're abusing what God's given to us. Yeah, that, when, when, I, when, I wrote, when I typed that down, that was a, ow. That hurt. Because you know what? God has given us his word. God gave us his son. He's given us the Holy Spirit, and we would decide, you know what, nah, I don't, I don't feel like it today. I don't want to share the gospel today. We're taking what he gives us and just going, you know what, I don't need it. I don't care. We're abusing what he's given to us. We don't care that his son died for us, the most innocent man the world has ever seen, and we threw him up on a cross, and he took the wrath of God for us. I tell you what, I don't want the wrath of God. 
We've seen how wrathful God can get in the Bible, and I do not want that on me. And Jesus took that for us. He said, Father, I'll do it for them. So I want everybody to see you. I want everybody to see my, my word, the gospel, me. I want everybody to see you. But as he says in this passage, how often that we're reminded of that we take it and we hide it. We go, no, 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 I, I, I don't want to do that today. No, 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 I'd rather do this instead. That we try to hide Jesus. We try to put him away for no one else to be able to see or because we don't want them to see. We don't care for them to see it. As I said, at the end of the time, Jesus says, everyone will see me, whether you like it or not. So as I, as I studied through this passage, I went, okay, that, that's the easy part. What in the world is the rest of this about? Verses 23 to 25, I went, I have no clue what he's talking about. But it was interesting. The one of the first words that were mentioned in there was hearing. I was like, wait a minute. Now he's moving on. Talked about the light first. He talked about, that is my gospel, the word, that you're going to share that with everyone. Now sometimes we're going to try to hide it from people, and we should be putting on a stand for everybody. We also have the hearers. There are two types of hearers in this world. The first one, those who are listening. There are people in this world, they want to hear the gospel. They want to know more. They want to hear it. They want to learn it. They want to share it with everybody. They are listening. They'll receive what you have to share about his word. And especially, as Proverbs 9.9 says this, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. As we do it in school, when you learn stuff in school, what do you do? Put it into practice. Teach a righteous man, he will increase in learning. So he will learn more about his word, he will learn more about this light, and his life will shine brightly. God will be overflowing out of him. People will see that. People will see the light flowing out of them. But we have to share it with them. Those who are listening. I know what you're thinking. Well, how, how do we know? We don't know who's listening. That's why we need to share it with everyone. As I said, the first group are those who listen. Then we have those who are not listening. And that breaks my heart. Man. How there are people in this world that they see the evidence of Jesus. How they look around and see Jesus everywhere and they refuse to say he's even there. With all the evidence around us, they go, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to do it. No, no, no. They don't want to receive God's word. They don't want to receive the gospel. Which means they'll continue to walk in darkness. But you know what? I'm not only talking about people who don't believe in Jesus. There might be somebody who was walking with Jesus, and they decided to veer way off course. They decide, you know what? I'm just going to take a break for a while. I'm going to just, I don't want to do this anymore. And they are wandering and wandering and wandering. The longer they wander, the worse their spiritual health will be. The worse that their Love for Jesus, the worse that their 
knowledge of the word, the worse that their sharing of the gospel will be. They won't want to follow Jesus. They want to follow themselves instead of sharing his word. So here's a question for you. Are you listening? It's actually interesting. The verse 23, I'm not a big person who enjoys the message. But here's what the message, how the message words verse 23. Are you listening? Are you really listening right now? When I read that, I went, whoa, wait a minute. Am I? Am I truly taking what God has taught me and sharing it with others? Am I truly listening to what he wants me to do? Because Proverbs 18, 13 says this. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. So the first thing about that is God wants us to listen before we jump in. He wants us to go, he wants to go, hey, let me tell you what I want you to do and then go do it. Because if you jump in before I tell you, good luck. How often we make the mistake of thinking we're doing what God wants, but we don't stop and go, wait, God, is this really what you want? Is this truly what you want me to do? Do you really want me to do this? And if that is yes, I wouldn't delay. We should jump right in and do what he wants. But as he says here in Proverbs 18, it is folly and shame if we don't wait to listen to him. Because if we don't listen, we're not going to follow God's path. We're not going to follow what God has laid before us with the light that he has to guide us. Instead, we're going to follow what we want. We're not, we have no clue where we'll be going, but we're going to enjoy it so much, we're like, I don't need God. We're going to follow in darkness. But I ask you today, let's not put the light away. Let's keep it shining brightly. As I want to share a story with you guys today. It's one I don't like to really share with people, but God laid it on my heart. When I was in high school, I was really big into online gaming. Played Halo a lot, Madden online. And I eventually met this guy my freshman year in high school named Marcus. No, not Kahu Marcus, another Marcus. Over the years, we really got to know each other. Never met him in person. We just would do it where we would text each other, we'd call each other. There was one key difference between us, though. He was an atheist. I was not. So literally, at least three times a week, this is what he would do. He would send me a text, he would call me, and he would try to prove the Bible wrong. So I had to try to make sure to prove the Bible right or defend my faith. Did this for years. I shared the gospel with as much as I could, but it was going nowhere. And I was getting frustrated. It was late my senior year in high school, about this time. It's about 7.30 at night, and I see him calling me, and I've had a really rough day. I went, oh, man, really? He wants to call me now? No. Even though I felt God telling me, you need to answer that phone. I said, God, I really don't want to. I'm tired of this. I really don't want to. So I go to bed that night. I get a phone call next morning. It's him again. I said, okay, okay, I'll answer this time. But it's not him. It's his mom. 
telling me he hung himself that night. He left me a note. He said, last night I was ready to, sh- to finally believe your gospel. I finally was ready. I was ready to know how to be a believer. But when you didn't answer, I felt you and God gave up on me. And he said, every time you would defend God's word, it blew me away. No matter how much I would try to prove you wrong, you never wanted to stay away from it. But he said, you quit on me, so I just quit on everything else. He said, so I knew God quit on me. I wish I could say he's in heaven today, but I don't know. But God had told me, answer the phone, please. And I said, no. Now, if I'd shared the gospel I don't know if it would have made a difference. Maybe he would have accepted or maybe he still would have committed suicide. But I don't know because I decided, I'm just going to, God, just, just for tonight, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to put your light away. I'm not going to share that light. And I, re- I remind myself about that. And I ask God for forgiveness for what I did, for what I didn't do. But it's a reminder to me about how we don't know when our time on earth ends. That's the same way for people we know and love who we know are not believers. We don't know when their time is over. For all we know, we could go outside and we all die in a car accident. That's why we need to share now the light that God is inside of us. We don't know when that time is coming. We're going to have a time of response or whether you want to come up here with Brother Kane or Brother or Kahu Marcus or Kahu, that maybe you're walking in darkness right now. Maybe you're struggling. You're like, I don't know what to do. I'm so much in darkness, I can't see. That you want to come up here and pray at the altar with one of them or even in your own seat or even with your neighbor. Pray for God, please bring me back to the path Show me that light. Because I'm so lost, I need you. Like I said, we don't need to wait for that. We don't know when we'll take our last breath. So during this time, as the band plays, won't you come? Won't you just pray out to God, please, I need you to guide me back and continue to guide me through this life of darkness Help me, please. Would you be that lamp to my feet and the light to my path? Won't you come?